0: Hi everyone, (coughs) so this time, I am going to read the first introduction of the book called The Wonder That Was India, written by A.L. Basham. (coughs) Before starting, before start reading the book, I just want to, just want to, a few words from uh, this uh, a, a court from a famous not a famous but uh, from an Indian regional Indian movie old movie so this kind of triggered me the the moment I came to know about this movie more than the movie the the courts triggered me So, it it goes like this. The one who doesn't know three will not gray even when old. The one who doesn't know two has neither night nor day. The one who doesn't know one is good for nothing. The one who has nothing has neither end nor beginning neither victory nor defeat. <coughs> so this is kind of interesting. Now let's jump into the introduction of the book called The Wonder That Was India by A.L. The ancient civilization of India grew up in a sharply demarcated subcontinent bounded on the north by the world's largest mountain range, the chain of Himalayas, which with its extensions to east and west divides India from the rest of Asia and the world. The barrier, however, was at no time an insuperable one, and at all periods both settlers and traders have found their way over the high and desolate passes into India, where Indians have carried their commerce and culture beyond her frontiers by the same route. India's isolation has never been complete, and the effort of the mountain wall in developing her unique civilization has often been overrated. The importance of the mountains to India is not so much in the isolation which they give her, as in the fact that they are the source of her two great rivers. The clouds drifting northwards and westwards in the rainy season discharge the last of their moisture on the high peaks. whence, fed by ever-melting snow, innumerable streams flow southward to meet in the great river systems of the Indus and the Ganges. On their way, they pass through small and fertile projects such as the valleys of Kashmir and Nepal, to debouch on the Great Plain. Of the two river systems, that of the Indus, now mainly in Pakistan, had the earliest civilization and gave its name to India. The fertile plain of the Punjab, which is five rivers watered by the five Great tributaries of the Indus, the Chalam, Charab, Davi, Bias, and Satlaj had a <coughs> sorry, had a high culture over two thousand years before Christ, which spread down the lower course of the Indus as far as the sea. The lower down, the lower Indus in the Pakistan province of Sindh now passes through barren desert though this was once a well watered and fertile land. (coughs) The basin of the Indus is divided from that of the Ganges by the Thar or Desert of Rajasthan and by low hills. The watershed to the northwest of Delhi has been the scene of many bitter battles since at least 1000 BC. The western half of the Ganges Plain from the region around Delhi to Patna and including the Daub or the land between the Ganges and, the, and its great tributary river Jamna has always been the heart of India. Here. In the region once known as Aryavarta, the land of Orients, a classical culture was formed. Though generations of unscientific farming, deforestation, and other factors have now much reduced its fertility, it was once among the most productive lands in the world and has supported a very large population ever since it was brought under the law. At its mouth, in Bengal, The Ganges forms a large delta which even in historical times has gained appreciable on the sea. Here it joins the river Brahmaputra which flows from Tibet by the way of the valley of Assam, the easternmost outpost of Hindu culture. South of the Great Plain is a highland zone rising to the chain of the Vintia Mountains these are by no means as impressive as the himalayas but have tended to form a barrier between the north formerly called hinduism and peninsula often known as the Deccan, meaning simply south a term used sometimes for the whole peninsula but more often for its northern and central portions most of the Deccan is a dry and hilly plate bordered on either side by long ranges of hills, the western and eastern cuts. Of these two ranges, the western is the higher, and therefore most of the rivers of the Deccan, such as Mahanadi and Godavari, the Krishna or Krishna, and the Kaveri flow. <coughs> is due to the sea. Two large rivers only, the Narmada and the Tapti, flow westwards. Near the mouths, the Deccan rivers pass through plains which are smaller than those of the Ganges but almost as populous. The southeastern part of the peninsula forms a larger plain the Tamil country, the culture of which was once independent and is not yet completely unified with that of the north. The Dravidian people of southern India still speak languages in no way akin to those of the north and are of a different ethnic character. Though there was though there has been much intermixture between northern and southern types, geographically Ceylon is a continuation of India, the plain of the north resembling that of the south India and the mountains in the center of the island, the western Ghats. So actually the introduction is too much so I just reduce it to the first page. That's it.